Hey guys, welcome to Making Mindfulness Fun. Today we're going to talk all about how ignorance is robbing you of your consciousness. To inspire you to boldly and unapologetically live outside the box, dream big, and question everything. This is the Defy the Norm podcast with nomads with a purpose. Uh, if this is your first time to our channel, here at Making Mindfulness Fun, we help you on your journey to higher consciousness so you can experience more joy, love, and emotional liberation. And if you're listening to this video um, in podcast form, uh, be sure to follow our podcast on Spotify, whatever podcast player that you choose. Um, and leave us a review if this is a podcast that you really enjoy because that helps our podcast be seen by more people. And our podcast is called Defy the Norm, like the shirt I'm wearing. Um, it kind of encompasses both elements of our Making Mindfulness Fun YouTube channel and blog, as well as our Nomads with a Purpose YouTube channel and blog. And so we feel like being a mindful, high conscious being and, you know, braving for adventure, living life on the road and traveling and really trying to live life to the fullest is defying the norm these days because so many people have chosen to settle and become a victim and that is what we are gonna talk about today. So, little uh, side note about myself. I am kind of an insomniac. I um, have to have like the stars all have to align and I have to have the perfect amount of intense exercise as well as recovery in order to get a good night's sleep. And so I found myself up in the middle of the night last night and my go-tos, I, I really love to listen to economic videos. Um, so I end up listening to a couple different channels, Mark Moss, George Gammon. Um, I also like to listen, it's, it was Thursday night last night, so usually like in the middle of the night, David Icke's uh, video cast comes through. So I was listening to a whole bunch of information that kind of directed me towards what I wanted to talk about today. And one of those things was George Gammon was talking uh, with Lynette Zhang, great interview by the way uh and she they were talking about how the banking has changed and you know if you've watched uh what's the video we did that they could direct them to when we the talked power about by purpose Twitter. event mm -hmm. yeah you can watch the power by purpose event um, i'll put all the related card like here here or link in the description we talk about um our take on pluto the pluto return cycle um in correspondence with uh, the economic reset that we're kind of going to go through. and hopefully we'll start talking more about how this mindfulness and economics um, intertwined because they are so interconnected. It's, um, really amazing, but we don't want to connect to, we can't connect too many dots in one video. Anyways, I'm talking, I'm listening to this and George Gammon talks about, he's about the same age as me. And he talks about how he grew up in the seventies and eighties. And, um, it's just so relatable. He said, you know, my dad would go to the bank with a thousand dollars cash to deposit in somebody's account or even deposit in his own account. And I remember like my dad always having cash on hand and kind of the same thing. Like if he wanted to do whatever he did with his cash, that was up to him. It was his choice. And if the teller had made any comments like, oh, how'd you make this cat? How'd you make this money? Or where'd you get this money? His dad, my dad too, would have, would have caused a huge scene and probably got that teller fired for like, how dare it's any of your business to know where I get my money and what I'm doing with it. But yet today, 
And I really wasn't familiar with this because we don't go to the bank that much anymore because like probably you too, everything becomes done automatically on Venmo digitally. or digitally, you know, Stripe. And so it was a kind of a light bulb moment for me to think about how it's, he was saying how if people go to the bank today, a lot of times the tellers will ask you a lot of really personal questions like, oh, interesting, you have cash, or oh, what job do you do? Or, oh, what car do you, like, oh, I saw you pull up, is that a new car? Almost as if they're video recording it to, to get data on you. And it's, it was an interesting thing. And like, as Lynette said, yeah, I, I've seen this, the same thing happen where there's this nosiness in the banking industry that like 20 years ago, 30 years ago would never happen. And now to bring it back to consciousness, I see this is what, this is why I feel like we don't fit in very well. Or this is what we see as a difference in the world is that in the banking industry, what's normal today was not normal 30 years ago. And so if you're younger, you know, if you're in your twenties, young thirties, you might think what is normal as far as in the banking has always been and that just should be you know the government tracks everything you do that's just life these days well the same thing is true about consciousness and about mindfulness and we've we've created this society that is so victimized they're so so um caught up in their their victim reality that, oh, poor me, here's my struggle. Um, even just this rat race mentality of like, well, I should spend my entire life grinding out a job to pay for a mortgage to just stay in debt forever. And that's not the case. That's not what life's all about. But depending on your age, you might see the world and like, well, that's what everybody else is doing. So that must be the path that I'm supposed to take. That must be, the bank must just know everything about my transactions and I must just live in debt for the rest of my life and have no options. Absolutely. I think one of the big things that, uh, that has always stood out to me for a long time because um, living our defy the norm alternative lifestyle, even though I'm young, I was probably exposed to a lot more possibilities than most people are. And so one of the big things that always stood out to me coming from the sense of like, well, there's this, but there's also this, perhaps maybe just a little bit more of an understanding that there's more to life. It was always shocking to me that the norm mindset and the, the, the ignorance is the idea that you never have a dream and you never have a vision that you fulfill. And that is fundamentally true for most people that dreams are dreams. And this is something you even said about uh, uh, my dad recently, uh, that dreams are dreams, you don't accomplish this. And I think I, that was something that's always been so shocking to me that people don't ever ha are used to never having a vision that they fulfill in their reality. And so then every their entire life is reactive and reactivity base essentially creates a victim mindset like you talked about. Yeah, like I've talked about this in the last, last week's videos that I'm married to the most wonderful, compassionate, caring man but our big struggle always is like, hey, what do you want? Like, what are we gonna go do together? Like, I do these things and you grind out and provide and that's great, but I'm always like, ah, oh, there's more to life than, than just that. Like, let's have a vision together. What do you desire? And I said, well, what are your dreams? He's like, well, dreams are just fairy tales. Like, wait, wait, wait. no, they're not. Like, mm -hmm. and it's amazing to see that play out because we we've traveled the world like the man the number of places we've been to the experiences our family has had and 
for most of them, he's been there, but not been there. He's been so much in fight or flight mode, worried about where money's coming in the next day or worried about like, if he's going to get robbed, if, if it's a safe city, if it's like so immersed in the, the worry, the fear, the addiction to stress that he's never really got to, it's like he got to live the fairy tale without living the fairy tale. Sometimes I go to remind him, I'm like, like we've been to 30 countries. Like, do you remember how beautiful the Alps were? Do you remember how great New Zealand was? And there's this, there's this shift in the mind that is hard for people to make, to see like, wow, I created that experience. I had a vision in my mind at one point that I think, wow, it would be so neat to see what this mountain range looked like. And uh, go ahead if you're- Yeah, I mean, it's like, I think, so in general, in general, whatever we want to call it, people are in essence, um, assume that they should be victims unconsciously because that was the value that they were brought up in. We talked about this in another video about values because we're brought up, we have values, we like to live in this world, we have values. But the problem is we're handed and uh, handed extrinsic values. Like here are these values which we create your rules for life because we don't ever get the choice and no one ever tells us that we get to choose our rules for life, which are our values. So then those values become these extrinsic uh, values. And then these extrinsic values immediately create a victim mindset because now we get our value from something outside of us. Therefore, my power is dependent on what something happens out there. So now I'm a victim to that thing. Um, okay. no, go ahead. So we're surrounded by victim, by this victim mindset. So that's the norm. And the problem is making the shift. And this is something I noticed recently, you know, I've been recently like interacting with friends and I've found a few more like open-minded people, but it's still shocking to me that so many people can maybe potentially recognize that they're victims, but have no desire to want to shift out of being a victim. And so we started thinking about this, like, well, why do people, why are people so attached to being victims? And I had the realization that I think um, that the reason we want to stay victims is because the idea of us not being victims tells us something, this story in our heads that we have to be more. And being more, the word more is scary for a lot of people. It's scary because we've already outsourced our, like, all our extrinsic value. So we have no value within us. And so now this idea that we have to be more perpetuates this feeling like we're not good enough. And so here's the irony of it all. We, we feel like we're not good enough. So we outsource our values and we outsource our values. So we, and so we don't want to be more because we already feel like we're not good enough. And so the irony of it is that if you step into your more, your purpose, your soul, who you really are, that's all that more is you stepping into your higher consciousness is actually about doing less and being more of you because you're already enough. And so I know that might've sounded, sounded confusing, but the irony is that like you're already enough and you stepping into more is actually going to not, not feel more challenging, but it actually removes challenge from your life by coming back into this sense of presence and realizing that the struggles that you are in, in the present moment, all you have to do is be with those struggles and actually start to find a sense of mission in those struggles. Yeah. And I mean, I bring it back to um, not throwing my husband under the bus. It's just because it's, we live it firsthand um, and experience it so much that I think a lot of it has to do with his Enneagram too, but that is not to say that other Enneagrams aren't expressed, aren't experiencing the same thing. So let's say for 
for him as an Enneagram too. He's like, okay, I, um, I get value from helping. So all of a sudden, if I get value from helping people, if I'm not, not helping people or sacrificing myself for the good of somebody else, then it becomes, that's an outsource of value, right? Right there. And so when it shifts to like, what do you want? Well, to help more people. Okay, wait, wait, but who are you? Well, I'm a helper. And so you can get caught on this um, hamster wheel of justifying how you're outsourcing that value. And then on top of it, let's say at there's, there's a point where uh, you, usually if my husband and I are having these deep discussions because I do nothing but deep discussions and I'm like, okay, well, but, but what if after you've helped as many people as you can, what if you just, um, what, what if you like money's not an object, time's not an object, like you just get to do you and find out who you are. And there, there there's this pause of like, I, I don't know. And so for the last few weeks, I've been like, you know what? Like, I love you. I don't want to not go do things with you or spend time with you, but like, just spend time by yourself and, and start to notice what comes up. And so for the last couple days, especially he's had a ton of downtime where we're out rock climbing. And so he's got quiet time to contemplate and he starts listening to a lot of different podcasts. And one of the podcasts he listened to was, uh, Lewis Howes interviewed Dean Karnazes. And it was really striking to him that what here they were going to, he thought, all right, they're going to talk about being strong athletes, you know, cause, um, Lewis was a football player and like, they're going to talk about manly things. And the conversation ended up going into all vulnerability about how Lewis, um, had just lost his dad and he didn't get closure. And Dean was talking about like, he has no purpose outside of running and that how he doesn't even need anything. He's like, I, I mean like nothing. I just need to run. And he runs everywhere. He has no car. He just runs. Like, I guess occasionally he takes an Uber to the airport, but not even every time. And he's like, he has all this money, but he doesn't really need it. And he's like, I can't even imagine if I didn't run who, wh what would, what would I would do when I wake up in the morning? Like it's my entire sense of purpose and think about, and I guess I can relate to that because the same thing happens for us. Sometimes I go, oh, I should push myself to be more successful. But, and Gabby and I will talk about this too, but we're like, but we're so just happy. Like we're happy and like more money might be more time doing things that don't make us happy when like really happiness is that moment of silence. But before we recorded this, we come up to this, um, we spend time in our campground, just reading and journaling and breath work and meditating and just connecting with who we are. And there's, you know, society doesn't put value on that. And really that's how you're gonna find your mission. I know like my normal self, I bounced around a lot of different ideas, but in the end, Lewis Howes told Dean, like, hey, your dad, if your dad's about to die, you need to have some closure there because you know, that's, that, those are the important things in life. And, um, yeah. And so, you know, we kind of talked about like, so you have this victim mindset and you have the alternative is purpose. That's what we always come back to. Like you have essentially there's two modes and the, the people want there to be like this third option because purpose sounds too hard. And people usually admit to the fact that they don't like being victims. Of course, there's a lot of people like Yes, the majority of the world is totally hap is totally addicted to staying victim. If you're watching this right now, you probably don't really want to be a victim. There's a part of you that's like, well, yeah, I want, I want something different, that more, that purpose. And so, like, what we're talking about, what you just talked about, with Dean Karnazes and purpose, is that, you know, that doesn't mean you have to like go. 
your purpose is not always something physical that you have to go do. It, it eventually manifests as something physical. But getting out of victim and into purpose is about beginning to assess where you're at in your life. Maybe looking at, uh, we always refer to like the nine areas of your life. I wish we had a list of them off the top of my head. But you know, you've got health, wealth, relationships, career, um, gosh, I can't even list them Contribution. There's all these things. We could put it, I could put it in the description of this video and you can check them out. You have like these nine areas of your life and you kind of have to assess like, um, and we, we got this practice um, inspired by Reagan Hillier, um, where you essentially give yourself a, a scale of like, well, how happy am I with this area of my life on a scale of one to 10, kind of assessing what you do and you don't like about that area of your life. So whatever you could be like with your health, uh, like, you know, I, I feel good about myself in this way, but I really wish I was healthier so that I could go do, could go on a 10 mile hike this summer, whatever it is. Um, and you assess those areas and then you, you begin to assess what your struggles are or what your, what your conflicts are, your biggest, um, things that are holding you back are from that greatest number 10. And once you can identify that, then that changes everything because now you have this framework for yourself to get out of victim because victim is like, it's all just happening to me and I don't even know what's happening to me. It's just happening to me. But now you know what it is that's happening to you. And now you can pick one of them. And let's say, let's for the example of health that you want to do this. Maybe it's like a 20 mile hike this summer. And now that becomes essentially, it's a target. It's a goal. It's a mission. Now, the part of it that starts to get really meaningful is when you start to assess your sense of self, the part of yourself that your maybe your the area of your passions, the area of your relationships can be really important. And you start to notice, let's say in your relationships, like I really like this person, but I don't like that I don't feel like I'm being my 100% uh, authentic self or whatever it is. And now that, that struggle becomes this mission of like, okay, here's my mission. My mission is to, at this phase of my life, my mission is to become my 100% authentic self in my relationships. Or maybe it's in your creativity and you want to work on confidently showing up to share your creativity with the world, even if it feels scary. And so this is a really long way of saying that your struggles become your path to get out of victimhood and step into purpose, which is really the only two options that we're working with. I have so much to add to that, but I'm gonna save it for the next video so that this one doesn't get too long. So for the wrap up for today is to really think about like, just because what you see around you is, uh, appears to be the truth, it, it might not be. In fact, I'm probably, it probably isn't the truth. And there is a different reality, um, just like we talked about in our webinar, that you can only see like 0.02% of visible light. No, yeah, like less than our five senses, all five of them can only perceive about 1% of all existing energetic frequencies in the frequency band that we are aware of as human beings or as scientifically aware of. So, so can you imagine that even if you had clarity and were embodying your fullest sense of creator mindset of on purpose, mission driven, goal driven desires, you're still only seeing a, a small fragment of what's around you. And then when you take, when you live in the same place and you interact with the same people and you don't question the values that you have and the beliefs you were brought up with, 
you are probably operating on a very small fraction of even that. So blink, blink, like learn to blink and look at the world differently. Question every single value and belief. If you find yourself complaining, whining, angry, hurt, step back for a second and think like, what is the actual value that is driving this? Is it a function of worthiness? Am I, am I outsourcing that to like, somebody else is going to deem me worthy? Is it um, feeling heard? Is it feeling seen? Is it being important? All of those things are happening out there. Step into your own desire, step into, so you have to sit there in silence. You have to get in nature again and reconnect and say like, okay, what is true? Because I think in the end, your mission is about noticing and hearing what your inner voice really wants. Like it's, it's blocking out all of those other distractions and your true mission is just re is getting to know yourself again. And, and that can be the end of it. Just, just know yourself. If you spent the rest of your life just learning who you are, you're going to die very happy. Absolutely. Your mission is 100%. It's not some special fancy label or thing or martyrdom. Your purpose and your mission is about returning back to the original soul that you were born to be. All right. Next video, we'll uh, connect some more dots.